So much great Advertising Week content, so little time. Snackable AI is now helping you navigate podcasts like this one, event sessions, and other content with chapters, topic tags, and more. Find the insights that matter to you faster than ever before. Learn more at snackable.ai. Grilling is a universal lifestyle that crosses cultures, cuisines, and communities, and legacy brand Weber has always been at the forefront of the space. With the pandemic upending Weber's sales pipeline, the brand had to rethink its digital strategy and invest heavily in analytics while staying true to its brand ethos of community and discovery. In this session from Advertising Week New York 2021, you'll hear how community-focused storytelling, coupled with Weber's investment in data and analytics, is bringing this legacy brand into the future while maintaining its heritage. Uh, my name is Ryan Barrick. I am a reporter at uh, Marketing Brew. Uh, I am joined here by the lovely uh, Amy Pascal, Vice President, Head of U.S. Marketing and Brand Strategy at Weber Grills. Uh, and Mike Z, who's a managing partner at uh, Mechanism. I was told, do not use his last name. Only go with the Z. <laughs> Sounds like a very nice DJ. Um, Amy, we can kick this right off with you. I have never been invited to more barbecues than I was last summer. Um, everyone has a grill in their backyard now. Um, how do you, as a brand, as a grill brand, take advantage of this kind of rush to get the heck outside and hang out with your friends and cook, cook yeah, well, great to be here. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, and great to be back at uh, Advertising Week again. And you're right, it was a phenomenal uh, year this past year for Weber. Uh, we sold more grills than we ever have in the history of the seven years of the company. And um, that's on top of the year prior, which we thought we can't top this, and we just did again. So, um, you know, we're close to $2 billion in revenue globally. Uh, we're in 80 million households around the world and all about like running fast as a marketing team and trying to catch up to the demand that is kind of consumers wanting to buy grills, wanting to spend more time at home with their friends and family and just trying to make those experiences possible for them. And Z, like when you have a client that is just like kind of crushing it uh, and there's so much pressure to actually take advantage of that, like a grill is something I hope I'm only going to have to buy once, maybe twice. Yeah. Like, how, how as an agency do you think, okay, here's an opportunity we have to take advantage of? Uh, you know, I, I learned a lot about the grill business and I, <laughs> over the past year and a half, but I think uh, we know that people aren't going to buy grills. You're going to buy one every seven years, but if it's Weber, it could be 10, could be 15 years. They last for a long time. So to capitalize on all those sort of momentum, the idea was how, to, how does it become more of a portfolio brand? How can we, uh, as a brand and as an agency, offer up people that buy these grills more content, more ideas, more ways to use the grill, accessories, and expand on that, create more of a relationship, an ongoing relationship, versus just like a one-time purchase, kind of buy it and don't think about it again. How do we make it something that is a little bit more of a two-way uh, relationship? And how do, you, how do you take advantage of that, right? Like, how do you keep the one-to-one the -one relationship, right? Because they're just buying a grill. I don't think to register my grill, right? I don't think to download my grill app. But, like, how, how do you encourage that then and then kind of stay in the conversation with those yeah. audiences? Yeah, I would say in the past at Weber, again, we have this rich heritage of 70 years 
um, family-led for so long, and now we have an influx of new capabilities, new talent. Um, and so really, it's how do we reconnect with those 80 million households around the world, people like myself before I joined the organization who bought a Weber and don't view it as anything more than this kind of hardware that sits out on their uh, deck and they take advantage of it you know, a couple months a year. So how do you reconnect with those people? And it starts and ends really with data for us, um, understanding consumers and leveraging the data in a more effective way to provide better services, whether that is um, working with our grill ambassadors and developing content, how-tos, whether that's recipes, um, cook programs, all these things and value add to the consumer. So really when they bring the grill home, the relationship begins. Whereas in the past, they brought the grill home and the relationship was kind of done. So um, it's really, it's, it's that as well as, you know, better understanding how to continue to delight and exceed the expectations of today's grill buyers, which, you know, continue to, um, exceed kind of what was of the past. So with our smart grills, we now have technology enabled through Weber Connect, um, and that allows consumers to really cook a myriad of things on their grill that they never thought was possible for, uh, before. And so through recipes and cook programs, you know, whether you just want to know if your chicken is cooked through or you know, something more elaborate, we now have via our app that opportunity for consumers to make better use of their grill ongoing as well as it just being a great opportunity for us to learn about our consumer behavior through all the rich data and continue to make our products better and stronger after you take that grill home. I have an app for my air conditioner. I think there's an app for my refrigerator. And now there's an app for a grill. Like, but my refrigerator is not giving me red recipes. My air conditioner is not like giving me that extra thing or whatever. Like, how do you fight through saturation uh, when we're talking about apps or constantly having a relationship between an appliance and the consumer? Like, how do you cut through that and actually deliver something that's, you know, worthwhile? Yeah, I, you know, I think we, we historically have been known for really high levels of product satisfaction, brand loyalty, reliability, all these great things. So we have this strong foundation from which to build on. So there's that inherent trust consumer. So that's the starting place, which is just a great place as a marketer to start when you have that. And then on top of that, it's going above and beyond. So, um, you know, as I mentioned, consumers are already, this is a highly engaged, passionate category. They are going online. They are going searching out and looking for how-tos. They are trying to figure out right now what to cook for the holidays, how to have that special occasion with their friends and family. So they're seeking the information out. And in the past, we weren't there. Now we are there with more recipes, really unleashing the full potential of our grill masters and our grill ambassadors, which we have 300 of them around the world who cook classes on our behalf. And consumers are really leaning in. So it's just us kind of responding back to them and providing these things. And that, that's how we cut through. I was going to also say the nice part, too, is the, if you're over 40 years old, you know Weber. You love that brand. If you're a younger consumer, you're aware of the brand, but you maybe don't have those feelings toward it, but there is way bigger acceptance of technology and interacting with brands. So the app and some of the newer accessories and things that are tailored more toward that younger audience is a definite way to sort of bring people in and engage them. So you can kind of break through a little bit there, whereas maybe the older user might be a little bit more resistant to it. Yeah, I think like creatively, this is kind of a question for both of you. That, like, there's obviously um, a passionate you know, meat 
fan base out there uh, that's in, into, or even grilling, you know, veg, veggie, you know, cooks out there. Um, how do you actually like properly vet the influencers and, and nano influencers and celebrities you guys are working with? It's everyone from like the Rebirth Brass Band, who I've seen live a couple times, um, uh, Sola, who like we all love, and, and even micro influencers. So like, how do you properly vet and know who you're going to put forward as like the face of the brand? Yeah, well, I'm fortunate to have a very strong uh, marketing team that helps and excellent agency partner uh, as well with Mechanism, and we do have. You know, a very robust influencer grill master uh, strategy because we really do believe that when consumers, when influencers participate in the brand experience and take ownership in that, it makes it stronger. And that's what we believe you know, modern brands should be doing. And so, yes, it starts with nano influencers. Those are the dads like Mike in his backyard cooking with his friends and them coming over for a barbecue and asking kind of his opinion on things. We enable these folks. We identify them through our forums where we already have large followership. And so that's one bucket of influencers that we work with and incentivize in a very transparent way to say, hey, how can we help you be a better grill master at home? And you know, maybe we're giving them product, maybe we're just helping them in other ways, um, but those are our nano influencers. Uh, then we have more lifestyle influencers. When we think about grilling, you know, the perception is it's kind of hamburgers and hot dogs and steaks. A lot of people, 80% of the population, that's what they're cooking on their grill. When there's just this whole world and range of possibilities of what's possible through discovery and your grill. And so we work with lifestyle influencers to reach these consumers who might not consider themselves a grill master. And so that's the second tier. And then the third tier is what we call our, our grill masters and our grill ambassadors. So these are in-house culinary chefs who are trained, who are testing product, who are cooking in our kitchen every day, uh, grill masters, as well as outside grill ambassadors who are kind of your barbecue competition folks and are really well-known uh, across the culinary circuit. So it's those three tiers of influencers we really enable and empower to uh, act on behalf of the brand. And I, I would just add that you know one of the things that we did was to really use a lot of data and research on the consumer to figure out where their passion points were because we knew that uh, sort of for us the big insight was grilling was just, it was a, a very mechanical transaction. It was just like get out there, cook the meat or veggies uh, and then kind of you know move on. There was no uh, emotional connection to the brand. And so, but what we did discover was that consumers, particularly the younger uh, audience that we're going after, has an unbelievable interest in, in passion and exploration, trying new things and adventure and creativity, all of those things which are pillars of the brand. And so it was like, how do we, how do we bring that out and use influencers to help tell that story and connect those values? Yeah, like, yeah, sorry. Oh, just, <laughs> you mentioned Rebirth Brass Band. Um, they are one of the influencers we worked with um, recently on our Discover What's Possible campaign with Mechanism. And you can see in our campaign all of our influencers, not only present in you know, OLV and, and TV and other forms of more traditional media, but also in our events, in our social channels, because we really believe that they embody the brand. And so when you see the uh, Rebirth Brass Band from New Orleans kind of walking our events, kind of playing their music, they just bring the whole essence of what the brand's about to life and really help get that backyard barbecue party started. How do you keep those audiences like in the mix though? So like say I've bought a grill, um, but my neighbor doesn't have a grill. How, how do you target them with uh, custom creative? Like I might, I have a grill, but now I need a brush or I need a cookbook or something like that. Like how do you target beyond just 
here's a grill. Like, kind of get that, that next level of accessories or whatever. What yeah. Happened. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, we have 80 million households we didn't used to speak to in the past that now, over the past two years, are starting to engage with. It is about buying that grill, but it's also about like maybe buying that second grill. So there's many different fuel types, and what we know is most people kind of buy a gas grill, but now pellet is really growing up and becoming popular. Obviously, there's charcoal um, and smokers, and so we play across all those categories. So it's about second grill purchases. It's about accessories you might need to help make the experience better. And ultimately, like through the education that we provide, you know, our accessories is something we just we didn't market in the past. We kind of just said, hey, if you want to come to Weber.com and buy a grill brush, here it is. <laughs> or you want to go to Ace or Home Depot, here it is. Now we're really thinking about developing content, recipes, doing that through our influencers to help people get full use out of their grill. And so just kind of leading with content, leading you with utility, ultimately sells better sells product for us as opposed to traditional advertising. But then you also need an e-commerce like platform to actually do that, right? So like, are, are you're leading them to Weber's own e-commerce platform? Yeah, in most cases. I mean, we definitely have a two-pronged strategy, and like many product manufacturers out there, 70-year-old um, business, the bulk of our business historically has been done through Lowe's, Home Depot, and Ace. Over the last several years, we've built up our direct-to-consumer platform as well. So it's about e-commerce, but ultimately it's about creating these more one-to-one -one relationships with our consumers and really understanding who they are, what they need, and how to better service them. So it's about CRM and data. It's about our Weber Connect platform and really leveraging all that rich data and ensuring our algorithms are really mining that and making them better. Is that like an education piece? Like, I don't know if you know my mother would instinctually know to buy the grill off her laptop. Um, so like, do you feel like you have to educate consumers to actually say, hey, we are also this? You can get us beyond just Lowe's or Home Depot. Yeah, I, I would say we, we want to enable consumers to shop, browse, engage with our brand how and where and when they want. So whether they go into a Home Depot, we want to ensure that the salespeople and the reps are highly kind of educated and understand our latest products as, or, or whether they go to Weber.com. So we don't really, I would say, like force one or the other. We give the consumer the opportunity to choose where they want to convert, or if they just want to go to our website or to YouTube or Instagram and get inspired kind of around the rich food photography and our influencers and learn more about how to be a better grill master. Mike, oh, sorry, Z. 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 Yeah. Right. <laughs> Careful. Careful. We're, we're friendly. We can do that. Um, I don't even call him that. <laughs> Z, um, you, the, the mechanism approach is soul and science that like on its face has a bit of that lofty, you know, advertising magic, pixie dust. But what does that actually like mean in practice? Yeah, uh, so soul and science for us is really about creativity, the soul, the heart of the brand, which uh, for Weber was actually pretty easy. Uh, you know, it's got such a good heritage. It's been around for a long time. It's always been about discovery. And I think it's one of the biggest assets the company has, which is you ask anybody at Weber through our, you know, of our relationship and onboarding, everybody said at that company, we're about discovery, discovery, discovery. So that, that was a huge asset. The, the science part was the, is the data really on using, understanding the consumer, unearthing, proving that this soul 
is going to be relevant to the audience and is it going to be told in ways and places that is relevant and connects to them. And so it was really discovering what our audience's passion points were, which discovery is the brand and then creativity, excitement, and discovery for the consumer as well, it, it meets really, really nicely together. So that process and working with them, we were able to sort of pull that story out and, and tell it in a really fun, creative way. And this has only been the first year, and the hope is that we can continue to build on and, and develop discovery. So what is the science then, right? So if that's the soul, what is the science piece? Like, how, how are you actually using you know, Weber's own data to kind of inform the creative? Yeah, primarily that the, a lot of their consumer data told us that it was a very uh, dry perception of the category. It was an appliance. It's a fridge. It's not, there isn't that. With the older audience, there was a lot of feeling and, and you know, nostalgia for the brand. But the younger audience, they're aware of it, but they didn't have a connection to it. They didn't see grilling as an emotional place that they could really create and, be, and try new things and like, you know, create an atmosphere and explore. And so using their, their data, which told us that, we were able to sort of show the creativity and bring it to life. Yeah, that's right. You're going to build on it? I was just going to build on it um, because I think as a brand marketer and having worked across many different categories throughout my career, you often search to kind of figure out what is this ownable kind of territory we can have as a brand. How do we move beyond being a functional product marketer and just having that functional relationship with the consumer? How do we move beyond that and really own a bigger place in the consumer's life? And so I think discovery was just an, it was a gift and it was obvious from the get-go. As Mike said, um, our heritage, George Stephen, who founded the company 70 years ago, was just a guy who wanted to make a better grill. And he worked in a metal parts factory and he developed this grill and he brought it home and he started cooking on it for his friends and they all thought it was super great. And then he took that, took that grill and he went across the country from hardware store to hardware store, and he would set up outside, and he cooked something crazy in this in this like kind of vein of discovery to help consumers see what's possible with grilling. He'd cook a whole pig, he'd cook a turkey, something nuts that people back in the 50s had never seen before, and so that really helped see what's possible and the opportunity to discover not really not only what you can cook on the grill but really when you think about beyond the grill what's possible when a you're having a backyard barbecue kind of that magic that happens and that emotional connection you feel to your friends your family and your community when you smell that barbecue wafting through the air and it's just like good times all around so discovery from from the start is part of our heritage it's part of our dna and it was just obvious when we worked with mechanism to develop our, our first brand campaign in the u.s and what were the specific channels best for? I mean, I think naturally Instagram is like kind of the obvious one, I would think, at least as a consumer. But what were the channels that you actually saw the most success on? Well, definitely, like I think Mike was alluding to before, um, or maybe he didn't say it obviously, but um, while we have a really loyal consumer base, one of the things we started to, as I got within the business, we saw was that our consumers were aging out. And so while very loyal and really just high levels of brand reputation from an NPS perspective, high levels of brand equity, it was all with this older audience. And you know, just because your dad had a Weber doesn't mean you want one too. <laughs> so when we think about going after a younger audience like millennials and Gen Z, we really needed to start to appeal to them in, in a different way um, than we had in the past. And what do uh, they want? Oh, sorry. I was going to add, Z. Z. I was going to add that, uh, 
you, we were talking earlier and I asked if you had a grill and you were like, no, I, I live in an apartment in New York. And part of what the, we were trying to do or trying to do as a brand is when you hear about grilling, it's dad in the backyard. And what we are trying to show is that this, the brand has, it's the one brand in the category that has literally the entry point grill to the master griller and everything in between. It doesn't specialize in one specific thing. And so it allowed, we were allowing people access to come into the brand and we want people who have a little patio, a little porch, a little fire escape to put a little get a Weber out there to show grilling isn't this, just this stagnant backyard thing. There's also, there's a whole different way that you could do it. Um, you know, so hopefully when we're done here, you're going to be a little bit more inspired. Yeah, I'm going to sell my landlord out. on a grill on my fire escape. <laughs> you can that have an electric well. grill. Charcoal one, yeah. yeah, yeah electric grill in most apartment buildings. That'll go great. Um, so what do younger, like, those younger audiences want? Do they, do they want to go right to the smoker, go to the top of the line? Like, what, what do you see as the actual, like, what are they actually buying, I guess? Yeah. No, they don't want to go. Smokers, uh, smokers and pellet grills are more for the experienced grill master. Typically, they are a second or third grill purchase. Typically, the entry point from a fuel type perspective is gas. Um, and so some of them are more entry level, spirit line, for example, gas grills, uh, we know as well as like Traveler, which you can take with you, uh, really easily compact, kind of travels well for camping and things like that. Picnics are really great for um, a younger audience. So it's, it's about having those products. And it's also about, to your channels, being in the right places, working with the right influencers. And that's why some of our influencers have a, a really great um, with millennials and of course um, launching on TikTok last year was a big kind of push outside of kind of Facebook and Instagram and YouTube to really start to think about how do we connect in a more relevant way with a younger audience. So how do you follow up then on the campaign? Do you see yourself saying, okay, here's our top of the line, like kind of premium products now that you have so many consumers that are kind of engaged with the brand? Like what is the next step that you see yourself taking? With the campaign? I mean, we, it was such a su successful campaign. 75% um, of grill purchases in the category happened between April and August. So that's really kind of when we launched this. And as we're going into next year, yes, we'll continue to run that and kind of naturally evolve it to its next um, state and really just you know continue on this capabilities front. So we're not just pushing out campaigns, that we're also building our own platforms, whether that is through Weber Connect, whether that is through our grill academies around the world and our cooking and teaching classes, whether that is on our website and our D2C property, or you know building out Facebook. These are all owned platforms that we'll continue to invest in, as well as kind of being present during peak season when the bulk of the um, purchases happen. I think we also just need, as a brand, need to continue to provide inspiration and and source of creativity for for folks that have entered in the brand they're not going to buy a grill every year uh, they may not need anything from the brand other than just inspiration and uh, you know I think we want to continue to develop the idea of discovery and dimensionalize it more into uh, an emotional place and, and have that really sink in so people like I remember when we first pitched the brand, I was thinking it's such a great American brand that should be up there in terms of emotional connection to the Budweiser of the world or the North Face, uh, where you really, you see exploration in North Face, you're excited to go out there, you want to be inspired to do that. We want that to, we want Weber to feel that way, be that iconic emotional connection versus just the product itself.
I love the image of you, like assu people assuming that's just dad in the back. Yeah. Uh, my dad hopes to be a brand ambassador uh, for Weber Grill. I don't know if he's going to make the Get cut. Get in line. There's a couple yeah. of dads who've reached uh, out. Yeah, I don't think he's going to make the cut. Um, but ultimately, what both of you are saying, though, is that it's always going to be larger than just like the greats. Like, it's always going to be something that you're hoping to attract audiences with beyond just the actual grill, the actual appliance. Yeah, definitely creating that connection. Um, as Mike said, you know, it's a seven-year purchase cycle typically, and our grills last longer than most grills. So it's about after they bring the grill home, creating that connection with them, being that trusted partner in their journey, whether they're just starting out with grilling or whether they are a grill master, wherever they are, we want to make sure we're nurturing and just moving beyond the grill and selling product, just creating that connection and that value and that utility um, and resource in their life. And I, there was a question up here earlier. I'll try to translate it. Um, how do you actually track like the success of these campaigns? I know backstage we talked about a dashboard that you're following. Is it just in in sale e or e-commerce sales? Like what what are the actual metrics when you're trying to really pin, pin in on like brand awareness and storytelling, etc.? Like what do you actually track? Yeah. Well, we definitely track all the kind of tried and true business metrics around sales and market share, and then of course from a brand perspective, equity and really honing in not just equity and perception um, and brand health overall you know with a certain audience but the younger audience as well so there's all of that um, and then more specifically you know we're really looking now that we're building out our content and our classes these are more qualitative metrics from an NPS perspective to really making sure that we're offering best-in-class grilling classes and content Z, any, anything to add? Mainly engagement in, in the content that we yeah. create. So the classes that are taken and participation and, and, and utilizing the community more than just that sort of stagnant band metrics, I think, as well. We've got 30 seconds left. Is there anything, or we've all already gone over? We're over, over, yeah. Is there anything you feel like I haven't asked? No, this is great. Good luck Talk with your you. landlord. Yeah, it's going to be a tough sell. All right. Thanks for listening. For more content like this and to learn more about Advertising Week's world-leading events for the advertising, marketing, and technology industries, visit www.advertisingweek.com or follow us on social media. Chaptering and other structural elements for this podcast are powered by Snackable AI. With the ability to unify all content in one place, have AI distill the best insights instantaneously and share them seamlessly, Businesses on Snackable create more relevant value for their audiences faster than ever before. Learn more at snackable.ai.